Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Home. They say it's where the heart is. They also say it's wherever you make it. They don't say it's where you unload your stuff, get tired halfway through unpacking, use some boxes as furniture, realize your oven mitts in a box that doubles as a nightstand, don't want to buy a new nightstand, and use a towel as an oven mitt instead. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on renters and car insurance. Easier than grabbing a piping hot pan with a towel that's a bit too thin and trying to quickly get it to the counter. Ooh, hot, 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 hot. Welcome to Belly Up Fantasy Live. Now for your hosts, Chris, Dan, Tom, Houston, and Zach. Howdy, y'all. I'm Chris Pinto. Welcome to Belly Up Fantasy Live. As always, is with me the Belly Up Fantasy crew, Dan, Tom, Houston, and Zach. Guys, it's Friday. How are y'all doing? Going good. I got my Beer Me shirt on. I'm doing great. <laughs> Long weekend. Mm, amen. That's true. Be nice. It's my wife's birthday tomorrow, so we're going to enjoy the weekend pretty much in front of a pool. Oh, that's good. Must be nice. <laughs> Well, we got a lot to talk about tonight, guys. Uh, we're going to go through the AFC South, all the fantasy-relevant players. We've broken that down for everyone at home. Um, at the end of the show, though, we're going to talk about what we've been talking about, our draft guide, give you all a little inside information on that. Uh, and this whole series that we're doing, we've got some big things happening for us. Uh, some big names are coming on with us to guest host with us. So this will be the last time it's just us five. Uh, we should have a guest with us every week with us until August, uh, and I'll let y'all know who's coming on board, but some pretty big names. Hope y'all are excited because I'm really excited. Uh, but first, before we get into our stream, uh, if y'all like us, go check out the rest of the Belly Up Fantasy Talk lineup. I mean, we've got some good stuff going on there. We've got Last Minute to Play, the Corner Booth Podcast, Hard Court Honeys, Around for the Weekend, A World Without Sports, and then our own Zach Mack with Puck Puck Pass. Y'all got to check that out. It is Super fun and awesome. Uh, use the hashtag bust and see what you're missing. Uh, before we get into the AFC South, though, uh, I just want to let everyone know that Texas is the best. Uh, Governor Greg Abbott let everybody know that at the end of the month, we're going to have professional sports back just without attendance. It should be pretty good. Uh, what do you all think about that? I'm pretty excited about it. Well, so you're saying that you'll have professional sports back, but that does rely on any leagues restarting. That's true. That's a, that's a big hurdle to get past. That's true. The key component. <laughs> and maybe Tom can touch on this, but I've kind of heard uh, a little bit of rumblings about uh, the L.A. teams trying to find places to play in season if uh, California doesn't uh, allow professional sports to come back. They're trying to find places for teams to possibly play their seasons this year. Yeah, I've heard a lot about the Rams and Chargers who share a new stadium going into this year, still isn't done, possibly sharing a stadium with another team getting a new stadium in Las Vegas. So you'd have the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Rams all in Las Vegas this year. 
Yeah, so it make like between them and Arizona. That's what it sounds like. It's either going to be Vegas or Arizona from what it yep. sounds like. I mean, it'll be interesting as long as they can do it smartly. That, that's all I really ask for. I don't want to see this whole thing get opened up and then we all have to shut back down again. That's that's the biggest because if we shut back down again, it's going to be longer than it was the first time around. And that's more what I'm fearful of than anything else. So as long as you can do it smart, I'm all I'm all about it because we need it. I mean, I, I finally I actually did not watch the last dance along with everybody else. I finally binged watched it last night. And uh, that was the best TV I've seen in two months. And I can't tell because it was actually good or if it was because there's nothing on TV. So I'm still not sure. A little but bit of both. We need something, yeah. <laughs> Korean baseball isn't uh, doing well for you? You don't no, like it? not no, doing I'm, it for me. I'm just uh, joking. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm not even going to lie. I was on Twitter the other day. I Actually, it was yesterday. And I was scrolling through and I saw a, uh, a poker hand from Michael Mizraki. Uh, about how he just sucked out on someone, and I was so into it because there's nothing else going on, and I was just latched onto it. It was crazy, absolutely crazy. <laughs> uh, Tom, Zach, y'all brought up a good point the other day in our chat. Um, why don't y'all enlighten everybody and let everyone know what's going on with Dak if they haven't heard? Zach, do you want to kick it off? Sure. So uh, the report was came from Chris Sims about uh, he turned down. 175 over five? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, 35 a year. Um, and then the report came out today that that wasn't true. So I don't really know if it if that did happen, if that interchange happened between uh, the Cowboys and Dak. But uh, I was more looking at it on the side of what can – because I think – and Tom will probably agree with me. Dak's not worth $45 million, which is what the report said, is that he wanted 45 over five, which I don't think is is the case. But – uh, and I would agree with Tom. I don't think he's worth it, but I think from Dak's point of view, it's all about what he can sell himself for. And I think the quarterback position in Dallas is if you have a potential franchise quarterback at Dallas, it's always going to be, it's always going to demand more money. I mean, they're quote unquote America's team. They got fans littered all across the, the nation. Uh, there it's, and Dak, I mean, he could—he is that talent that could be a franchise quarterback, and he's more along the lines of betting on himself, I think. He thinks within the next two, three years, he will be a quarterback for a Super Bowl contending team. And if we remember, Joe Flacco was never worth what he was paid, but he was a Super Bowl MVP, gets paid the money. I think that's what Dak's looking for in a shorter contract. And it might have been misconstrued, the report, and saying like, well, maybe Dak will compromise and go for a longer contract if it's backloaded and has forty-five million in the last year. I don't know how you know the messages got mixed up there, but I can, I can see how Dak could sell himself into that kind of money if it was a long-term contract. But I don't think at the end of the day he wants a long-term contract. Oh, he definitely does. I would think. Go ahead, Tom. I mean, so the report's coming out. It's it sounds like he the forty-five million a year isn't true. That's not really what he's looking for. But it, that five-year 175, which comes out to about 35-year, sounds like that might be pretty close at least to what they are offering him. They're putting him around second highest paid, which puts you right about $35 million with Russell Wilson there being the top. I mean, the, the thing is, you know, Corner Booth touched on this last night. Kevin was saying you know, he's worth about $15. Not $15 million, but $15, right? <laughs> you know, we were joking about it that Patrick Starr might be able to afford him, which – you know, that's a little bit of a stretch. But the problem 
for Dak right now lies in the fact that you have a franchise tag that I correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but he hasn't signed it yet, right? No. No, so they also brought in Andy Dalton on a very cheap contract, who even at 80, 75, 80% of Dak Prescott's ability, you have the weapons, you have the offensive line, you have the running back. If you're Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, who they've been fairly tight on cap space lately, do you think about possibly letting Dak walk and taking a chance on Dalton? And worst case, if Dalton doesn't work out, you have a bad season. There's a couple quarterbacks in this next draft that could do pretty well for him. It's a hell of a risk to take. I mean, this team's built to win now. Your best chance to win now is Dak Prescott, plain and simple. And and look, uh, I know there's some people out there who don't like Dak. I laugh in their face. This guy's been a highly productive quarterback four years straight for a really good team. And yeah, they haven't been able to win the big one. I blame that on Jason Garrett more so than anything else. But this idea that he's not worth top money, I think, is is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. You are a quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. You have been highly productive. You have all these weapons. This offense was built for you with Kellen Moore. If you cannot get paid with the role model that he has been, who can? Who deserves to? That's my thing. So I think it's absolutely ridiculous. He hasn't been paid yet. To your point, Tom, um, as far as the franchise tender goes, yes, no, he has not signed that as of yet. The idea, though, is that once... Once people are getting back in the facilities, once uh, it looks like maybe they, if they if they don't or aren't going to get a contract done this season or this preseason, I should say, his intent is to sign that franchise tag and play. So I don't think we're going to see Andy Dalton at all this year. So I don't think that's actually going to wind up being an issue. And you sign Andy Dalton because he's a quality backup at a decent contract. It gives you some leverage, but I don't believe that's the reason it was made. I don't necessarily think that it was the reason it was made, but if you get to that point where Dak does try and play hardball, and if he really does come out asking for forty-five million, you have to think that the conversation is at least had around. You know, I'm sure it's already been had. I mean, I don't doubt that for a second. I'm sure it's already been had. Uh, And he's not going to get forty-five million. You start at forty-five million, you wind up somewhere around thirty-eight, and I think that's what the ultimate goal is because Patrick Mahomes is probably going to wind up with fifty. And that's, that's the reality of the situation, especially with the, t- with the TV contracts kicking in. So I think that's what he's looking at. He wants to try to get as close to 40 as he possibly can because he knows what Mahomes is going to get is 50, and then he's not going to get much more after that because he is going to sign a five-year deal. It's, it's going to be at least five years once he's done signing this contract. So I, I think that's definitely within the bounds of it. It's not going to be 175, uh, but I think that's kind of what you're looking at here with the Dak Prescott situation. And I think it would be a big mistake for them to try to roll the dice and and maybe go Andy Dalton and try to wind up with a quarterback at worst case. I think it'd be a big mistake to do that uh, in the long term of things. So we'll see what, what winds up happening. But I do think more likely Dak will wind up being a Dallas Cowboy. I totally agree with you. It's a lot of it's. I mean, Jerry Jones, first of all, he's a cap of cigs. My brother. Love him. I met him one time. Uh, <laughs> he's also a football player from the Southwestern Conference, the predecessor of the SEC where Dak Prescott played the SEC, the greatest league, or the greatest division in college football, <laughs> at least in the most NFL players year in and year out. <laughs> Plug SEC. Also, for that, it's just a big chess match right now between Jerry Jones and Dak Prescott's camp. Uh, Jerry Jones, I mean, Dak wanted more money. Jerry Jones brought in Aaron Yalton. You know, it's, it's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, Dak will be a cowboy for the future. He's going to be the future of that team. He's going to be the face of that team with Zeke, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Blake Jarwin. It's, they're, they're in contention. Uh, 
Kellen Moore, like Dan touched on, is a great offensive coordinator. Uh, I don't think Jason Garrett did a good job last season. I mean, we saw multiple times where the camera would cut to Jason Garrett trying to give one of the players, Zeke, uh, or Dak a high five as they're coming off the field of Mari Cooper. No one cares. Walk right, by, walk right <laughs> past them. So it's, you know, the fish stinks from the head down. Uh, Jason Garrett's gone right now. I, I believe in Dak. I think he's going to be a great player. Um, I have to add one more thing before we get off of Dak. As an Eagles fan, I hope he's a cowboy. I love having Dak Prescott be a cowboy. I know that we can beat him. It's we have the advantage at quarterback if healthy. If healthy, I'll admit that. But Dak's Dak's not a bad quarterback, but he's not a great. <laughs> That's he's bad. not elite, but he's top ten. I have fifteen guys I'd put over him. Oh, <laughs> I challenge that. Well, speaking of that. Uh, a little snack between the five of us that I sent out today that no one knew about their calling it clickbait. Um, <laughs> we had our, con- we just finished our consensus top tens uh, across the board, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. And we did a consensus ranking on them and did a show for every one of them. Also this week that's come out has been Mike Clay, his Clay's projections that everyone looks at. I don't care who you are. You look at Clay's projections, uh, the fantasy footballers, uh, Andy Holloway, Jason Moore, Mike Wright, and Jay Grizz. Uh, I follow them. I think they're pretty cool. I really like their story. I like how they come up in the business. And then also fantasy pros that kind of like Mike Clay, you you look at fantasy pros all the time. Uh, we had our consensus top rank, top 10, and I put ours versus theirs. Did a little spreadsheet with my wife. Uh, she's a math person. Helped me out with all that. Oh, so that's and, your private agent. We finally figured out who it was, guys. <laughs> she works for AM. I mean, she does the math. She does it all. So she's good. Uh, sent out some numbers, everybody. And for everyone who's watching, your boy Chris Pinto, the host right here, is the top guy right now in March or in May uh, preseason rankings. Uh, most consistent with those three groups. Uh, Dan Mater was a close second, and Houston beat all of us pretty badly at wide receiver, so he knows those pets, pass catchers pretty well. Uh, Houston, you want to talk about that for a second? Yeah, I mean, pass wide receiver is such a deep position, you know, but uh, at the top end, it's pretty easy. Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill, Hopkins, it, those five are always interchangeable. Besides Michael Thomas, he's a clear-cut number one in my eyes. But, yeah, wide receiver is going to be a pretty deep position. I've been running some best ball drafts, mock drafts here, going to running backs early because wide receiver is a deep position. I mean, there's guys 10 through 20 that, and even 10 through 25 that have a great possibility of finishing top 10. Wide receivers, it's going to be a lot different than the initial rankings we have right now in May. It's going to be a fun season. Uh, I mean, I think all of us here would be welcome to have a top 25, 30 at each position pre preseason and see how we do at the end of the season and have this competition again here. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah, that sounds we'll see. How, we'll see how Chris does. Preseason <laughs> means so much. Yeah, but, yeah, we'll see. I'm actually upset that I was second overall. I'd rather be last because I'd rather be different than everybody else. I don't buy into the mainstream everything. So I, I, I'm, kinda, I'm a little upset that I was even second. I'm a little upset I was that high. 
Well, I got, I, I got to say, Tom, Tom did think that he had the hotter takes, and the data supports it. It does. That's one hundred percent sure. That's one hundred percent true. I took some gut shots, and I, you know, I think like Houston was saying, wide receiver is a deep position. I think tight end could be pretty deep this year as well. You know, some of those ones that really could stand out there, and you never know with injuries and things like that. Somebody could come out of absolutely nowhere. We'll see what happens. The cool thing was our consensus rankings weren't too off. I mean, they were pretty good with everybody else's. So our collective brains together were pretty good. Uh, you know, a little bit smacks, a little bit banters, never bad for anybody. Uh, but speaking of smack, guys, trophy smack. Commemorate your league winner in the best possible way. There is no other company in the business that does it better than trophy smack. They create trophies of all sizes, belts, and rings with a variety of colors along with free engraving and free shipping. And now you can get a free ring with your purchase of a trophy or belt if you use the promo code BELLYUP. So click on our Trophy Smack link on Twitter or Facebook or go to trophysmack.com and use the promo code BELLYUP on your order today, guys. Trophy Smack, thank you all so much. We appreciate it. We love you guys. Yeah, those, those trophies are nice. I ordered one for our home league last uh last year and i think they had like a little black friday special that you got the free ring the rings are nice nice big rings look pretty fancy and fortunately i wasn't able to win it i mean when i'm sitting there with ryan fitzpatrick and mitch trubisky going into the week 16 didn't have the best quarterbacks my whole team is pretty good besides quarterback i couldn't bring in the championship had to give the trophy to my friend but yeah they're nice trophies use code belly up well, just listen to me this year, Houston, about quarterbacks, and apparently I, I kill it at quarterbacks. So just listen to my advice, and you should be okay. <laughs> Give me any of the guys between 20 and 30. That's all I care about. I'm not spending up at quarterback. That's fair. Well, let's go on into the main part of our show, the meat of the show, guys. Let's talk about the first place ranked in the AFC South, my Houston Texans, guys. I mean, the Houston Texans have – I mean, they've been the talk of the town this offseason. They're everyone's saying fire Bill O'Brien. Uh, he's crazy, you know, this and that. He's got too much power. <sighs> you know, he may, but if you put it on paper, what he gave away for what he got back wasn't that bad from a business standpoint or from what he's getting. I'll dive into that uh, after we talk about what they added into the draft from the draft. It wasn't very good. Um, that's why I'm just going to touch on it real quick. PFF gave them a C plus grade average. Uh, what I can say is they did add to their cornerback position from Penn state. John Reed. He's a smart guy. I really like him. And then offensive tackle, Charlie heck, he's going to learn from Laramie Tunsil at least it's good stuff. I hope. Um, but Deshaun Watson, you know, people are high on him. People are low on him. He's my hometown quarterback. I love him. Uh, watch him at Clemson. I love the guy. Um, I don't think he's going to regress too terribly. I don't think he's a top three guy, uh, but I definitely think he's a top ten guy. Uh, fun fact about him and letting go of DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Hopkins had 415 targets from Watson with 283 receptions for 3,581 yards and 25 touchdowns. That's a huge amount when considering the other receivers had 421 targets, 288 receptions, 3,863 3, yards, and 27 touchdowns. 
So it's pretty much a 50-50 split between DeAndre Hopkins and the 13 other guys on the Houston Texans. Who's going to be the guy? We really don't know. If Will Fuller can be healthy, he's been phenomenal uh, in the past, going almost, you know, three or four for, you know, four catches, four touchdowns, 200 yards, almost Randy Moss style. Um, But he's got to stay healthy. He hasn't stayed healthy yet. Uh, I love the guy. I think he's another great pickup in, you know, mid-rounds. But then you also have uh, Kenny Stills. You know, Kenny Bills, everyone likes him. He's registered as one of the starters right now. Um, he really, you know, learned a little bit last season. Hopefully he has a breakout season this year. Uh, we saw Kiki Cutie. We know we just got Randall Cobb as well. Um, and then I mentioned when we were talking about the Houston Texans in a previous episode, the Hakuna Matata, you know, philosophy that we got going on. We got Brandon Cooks let go of DeAndre Hopkins. If we're going to go and talk about the elephant in the room, it's got to be DeAndre Hopkins, Brandon Cooks. First of all, like I mentioned earlier from the business standpoint, Bill O'Brien is not paying, or the Houston Texans are not paying Brandon Cooks, DeAndre Hopkins money. He's getting about two-thirds less right now, so that's great for our salary cap. We don't need him to do what DeAndre Hopkins did. We just need him to do what we need him to do. Uh, good fact about those two guys right now, Hopkins had 1,011 deep reception yards is, you know, catching the ball over 30 yards down the field. Cooks has 1,089, a little bit better, you know, obviously a different system, Sean McVay versus the Houston Texans. Uh, but he's quick. He actually beat DeAndre Hopkins in 20-mile-an-hour targets as well, or catches uh, four to eight. So he's a little bit quicker than DeAndre Hopkins. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins can catch a ball with 12 guys on him. Brandon Cooks cannot. Uh, but we don't need him to do what Hopkins did. We have other guys, hopefully, that can stay healthy, uh, along with the cornucopia of other guys that we've got running on around the, the roster. Uh, Darren Fells and Jordan Akins are our two tight ends for the Houston Texans. Um, we were in about 35% in 12 or yeah, 12 personnel uh, last season with the two tight ends. So those two guys are going to be our starters. Uh, we've got some other guys, Warring, who is pretty cool. Uh, he's a big body guy, just like the other tight ends. But I like Bells. He's a big, you know, basketball guy that turned football guy. And then obviously DJ, uh, the consensus number one overall pick a few seasons ago in fantasy football. Um, now with the Houston Texans, like I mentioned earlier, the twelve personnel, he's going to thrive in it. He's going to do well. I followed DJ for a while on Twitter, uh, kind of like when the league the TV show, the league was going on and Andre was talking about following Antonio Gates, blah, 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 blah. I, you know, in my leagues, I was like, Oh yeah, that's gotta be a great idea. I got to find out what they're doing, what they're eating. Not a good idea. Uh, But the two things that really caught me about DJ were when he found out about the trade as well. And when he became a Houston Texan, he said, let's go to work. And Rumor has it he's been working with his offensive line, kind of like how Zeke was when he first got drafted into the league. He's brought them food. Uh, there might be a present or two for the offensive line, including Laramie Tunsil, who they've had a relationship with at Pro Bowls. Um, so I think DJ is going to do great. And one of my hot takes is DJ is going to be a top 10 running back this year. Uh, I'll defend that all day because no one's going to tell me otherwise. I'm a Texan uh, from Texas, born, bred. And we're the best. So uh, your analysis is not objective. Is that what you're it's saying? It's not objective at all, but I still, you know, you know, with empirical data and enough data that we've done today, uh, that I've done today, you know, 
it's okay because DJ was my number ten guy, and I still beat everyone at running backs just from that. So I'll I mean, defend anything. What do y'all guys say about my Houston Texans? Because I know y'all are just waiting to say something. I got one quick point just on that ending there with uh, DJ. Right, you're saying he's possibly top ten, which I think you have a possibility there. I'm not going to say it's out of the realm of possibility, but number one, he needs to stay healthy, right? Number two, the main reason he would be top 10 is because none of their receivers can stay healthy. So you have to just pound the ball with him. And he's just going to get touch after touch after touch. So recently signed by the uh, Seattle Seahawks, Carlos Hyde, who I would say is not as good as DJ, had a 1,000-yard year last year with the Houston Texans. I would say he's more dependable right now, though. And that's kind of the issue right now with DJ. Look. I don't know if it's even a matter of him staying healthy. I mean, maybe he was more banged up than we knew last season. I, that could be a possibility. But for, for me, according to all reports, he was at practices. He was showing up to those games. He got flat out replaced because he simply lost not just one step, but a couple of steps. And I talked about this before. Oh, I got to see him be able to get his spring back. If he does not have his jump cut back, he's not going to get through the line of scrimmage. That, plain and simple. He can catch the ball. He's going to be fine there. He'll have enough volume, to your point, because I do think Will Fuller can't stay healthy for more than eight games in a, in a football season. Brandon Cooks, I'm actually not as worried about. Brandon Cooks, I do believe, is going to get 1,000 yards this season. I'm not as worried about his concussions as a lot of other people are. It cropped up last year, but I'm, I'm just not as concerned about it. But him getting 1,000 yards and, and four to six touchdowns was his norm to begin with, and I don't think that's going to be any more this year with, with Deshaun Watson and, and those guys. And as far as Randall Cobb and Kiki Kute go, who cares? I mean, they're, they're wide receiver fives at best anyway. Um, I think what you're going to see, to your point, there will be a lot of 12 personnel. And guys like Thomas and Atkins, I think, are going to be utilized in the red zone like they were a season ago. But when this all boils down to is that I'll trust Brandon Cooks as a top-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two. I'll trust Deshaun Watson to come in the top seven at quarterback. And that's about it. I don't trust anything else. And I'm taking Duke Johnson as a flyer because I can almost guarantee you that David Johnson is going to miss at least four, if not more games this season. And to me, he's somebody who has continually not gotten enough, has not got enough run and not got enough of an opportunity to show what he can do. And I think at this point in his career, he's much more explosive than David Johnson is. So that's going to be my sleeper guy. But outside of that, I don't know how much I want to touch anybody with the Houston Texans unless you're going to give me Will Fuller at the 12th round. Yeah, that's fair. I'd take Will Fuller in the 12th round all day. Uh, the one thing I can say about David Johnson, though, at Arizona was, I mean, I watched a lot of Arizona, obviously, because Kyler Murray is my number three quarterback. I love Kyler Murray. Go Aggies. Go OU. Go Heisman. Uh, go SEC. Yeah. Um, but when you know you got one foot out the door, you're not going to play your hardest. Melvin Gordon held out. Le'Veon Bell held out because they knew they had one foot out the door. David Johnson, like Marshawn Lynch, I'm here because I don't want to get fined type thing. That's what I believe. Um, now, if you don't, you don't. If you do, you do great. But that's what I believe, and I think that's why he had that lost step. I don't think it's because he's getting older, getting banged up. I just think he didn't care. I think with Deshaun Watson now at Houston Texans, he is the focal point. There's not a star out there besides Deshaun. I think he's going to rise to the occasion. He was the focal point before they had a trade for Kenny and Drake. So I don't, I don't buy that whole he doesn't care. Well, he only had, at all. he wasn't signed. They, he only had the one year left. They weren't giving him the money. 
The contract he's on with Houston right now is the same contract he had with Arizona. He had more. He had three years left on that deal. This was not a guy that they were planning on moving on from. They traded him away. They actually got hurt worse in cap penalty trading him away than they would have if they just kept them. And they still trade him away to keep Kenyon Drake to sign him to $10 million. So that's not true at all. So if you do the numbers like that, yes, because Kenyon Drake came on at a, at a, at a smaller contract overall. It's a business standpoint. That's all it is. That's all it is. Okay. I'm just I'm just letting you know that he he had the opportunity in an offense that does suit his skill set theoretically to be the guy. And they, still, they, they, still to, they still want to move on from him. Everything about that offense to go away from DJ. Did they not? What? What are you talking about? Cliff Kingsbury is a air raid offense. That's totally different than what DJ is accustomed to. Is he not a guy who can line up in shotgun and catch the ball and do everything? Is that is that not his skill set? He runs between the tackles. He catches the ball. Yes, but out of shotgun, a out of shotgun. There's still oh. tackles in shotgun. There's still tackles with four wide receivers on the field. No, did I miss something? Can can you replace offensive linemen wide receivers now? Technically, what I was getting at was Houston is a better fit for him because the offensive line is better than what DJ had at the time by bringing in Kenyon Drake. Just like how Jerry Jones brought in Andy Dalton, it's a chess piece match. Behind the scenes, DJ, obviously, he was the number one consensus guy in, what, 2016, 2017? And then he goes to the 30th guy, 40th guy? Why? There's chemistry. There's a locker room aspect. There's business behind everything. You're telling me that DJ going from a number one consensus guy to a top 50 guy? Just because he got hit a couple times? Just because? Just because he got hit a couple times. This is a guy who missed an entire year because of a wrist injury, came back, and had a bad back. You're a running back with a bad back. I, I don't know what part of that you're not You're Melvin not Gordon, computing. Melvin Gordon, Bell. When do they have back injuries? Melvin Gordon has a back injury. Is this news to me? Is this secretive? When did this happen? Double check it. Hang on. We got this. <laughs> check it. He he missed games because he held out last Scrabble, season. Scrabble check. He's had soft tissue injuries in the past. Well, while he's checking at that, check who, where it is on the vertebrae. Nothing. Yeah, thank you. Nope. Sixteen. What was it? Twenty seventeen. Week sixteen. No, the vertebrae. D seventeen. C sixteen. Oh, but the, what? The, who's got the next team? Injuries. Nothing. Yeah, there's no back issue. I don't for them or Le'Veon. If you're talking about back injuries, look at a guy like Jay Ajayi. Right, thank you. Who's gone? He was pretty successful with the Eagles. Had a back injury, got cut, just became nothing when he got back eventually, and just he hasn't attributed anything to any team since then. We've spent too much time when he's the Texans. We got to move on. We're already at like a half hour right now. Who's got the next team? That would be the Colts with Houston. Yeah, so Chris decided to hand me the Indianapolis Colts here. Not a bad team. Always compete for the AFC South. I think they probably have a good chance of competing for the AFC South again. I AFC South isn't it, – it's such a on-and-off conference in my eyes. I feel like the, there's, the team that usually comes out of that is usually a little bit overhyped. I didn't – the Bills should have won the playoff game against the Texans last year. I had the Bills winning. I – I put a couple, little bit of money on them. They were plus money. I thought they should have won, but 
Colts went out, got Phillip Rivers. And if you listen, I'm not a huge fan of Phillip Rivers, but for this segment, I'm just going to try to stay as positive as I possibly can. I I think his arm's shot, I mean, but I think that uh, he still can be an all-right quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. I think they could have probably made a bigger splash with I thought they were going to trade up for Jordan Love, and he would have been the day one starter there. I think he's better than Jordan Love. He would have been better than Rivers, better than Brissett. But um, Phillip Rivers, he's the QB 23 off the board right now. And like I said earlier, I kind of like going later around uh, between the 15 and 30, 20 to 30 quarterback. I don't like spending up. I mean, you could add Lamar or Patrick Mahomes the last two years. Obviously, those are outliers, but they were ranked in the – back half of the ADP with quarterbacks, um, you know, he's going to have T.Y. Hilton banged up last year, but I uh, listened to a little bit of fantasy footballers recently, and they were pretty high on T.Y. Hilton. I can understand why. Um, you take Rivers and he had Keenan Allen, Hilton's going to be the reception monster in that uh, offense. I don't know um, if you go to our lads, that's where I pull my depth chart, uh, my that's where I look at depth charts, rlads.com. They have Paris Campbell lining up in the slot. I'm not exactly sure. Maybe one of you can attest here. Who will line up in the slot? Dan, do you know? Do you have any? Uh... Yeah, I just had uh, Kevin Bowen, 107.5, the fan in Indianapolis on the show, on my show earlier today. And that's what he is. He was reporting as well. It was Paris Campbell is going to line up in the slot. They expect Michael Pittman to be the other perimeter starting wide receiver. The idea is more so that Campbell and Hilton will be interchangeable as far as the slot and the other perimeter receiver go. Okay, yeah, so uh, I like Paris Campbell. Um, He just never really got on much done in 2019. Uh, Like I said earlier, Hilton's going to be the wide receiver like Keenan Allen in that offense. Um, I still think they're going to be a run-first team. But a couple things on Hilton, five out of the last six seasons, 1,000 yards, four out of the last six, 1,200 yards. So, yeah, he's getting older. He's getting injured. And I find that as a concern. I know, and it should be, getting older and getting banged up is a concern for any fantasy quarterback, any position. Um, He had five touchdowns last year. He kind of, Hilton, I'm talking about here, five touchdowns. He usually goes four to seven Um. Keenan Allen had, I think, seven more than seven last year. So maybe um increase in touchdowns for Hilton, whether he slides in and out of the slot, plays outside. I like Michael Pittman. They they took him with the second round uh draft value. Um he is you know, a big receiver. He's able to do a lot with um in space with the ball. He runs pretty good crisp routes. I like him. He goes off the board as a wide receiver 76. I pulled that from fantasy pros. ADP right there. Paris Campbell comes off at the wide receiver 77. Same with fantasy pros there. Um, they're both Campbell and Pittman are going to be late later round undrafted wide receivers. But um, I kind of see Pittman like the Mike or uh, Mike Williams. I know I'm keep comparing Rivers or, or the Chargers and the Colts, but they fit pretty similar schemes. Hilton's like Keenan Allen. Pittman's like Mike Williams. Tight end wise, Jack Doyle, he's been off and off, off and on. Their tight end position there has kind of been a revolving door of three guys between 
Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. And now it's Geico's Motorcycle Rules of the Road. Avoid biking in the rain and never touch another person's bike. Hey guys, look at these bikes. So shiny. Uh, Whoops. I'm going to leave a note. Oh gosh, there's more. And the rule to saving on motorcycle insurance is, in 15 minutes, Geico could save you 15% or more. Ebron, Mo Ali Cox, Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle will start as the uh, guy day one. They brought in Trey Burton. He's uh, he's just, I don't know. Tom was probably happy when he left town. I He came over to the Bears. I didn't like him. He had some, he kind of seemed, uh, I don't exactly. know how to say this. He's kind of a pansy to me. He didn't he didn't want to help Nagy with any Philly special trick play kind of ideas because he felt that he honored he needed honor respect to the Eagles with the Philly special. He was the one that was a big part of the Philly special in the Super Bowl. There, um, it's kind of weird. He came up with this hernia injury. Um, it was serious, but uh, you know, a couple days, n- nothing. Morning before the Bears Eagles playoff game. 2018, this injury comes up. He can't play against the Eagles, his previous team. I, He's kind of soft to me. He's had injuries. The Bears got rid of him. He signed with the Colts. He won't do anything much there. He'll just be a backup if Doyle gets hurt. Um, I think the big thing and the most exciting thing about the Colts' offense is the running game. Top three offensive line. You can make a contention for best offensive line in the league. Um, and uh, – as you see, we uh, partnered with Prop Me. We did a little Prop Me special for the NFL draft. Uh, we got asked, throwing a couple props, and my prop that I put in was, will Jonathan Taylor be drafted by the Indianapolis Colts? I had a good feeling about this. You know, I had a couple good feelings about running back on their NFL teams. And Jonathan Taylor with the Colts, I really like. Um, he's going off as the RB17 right now. The fourth round in 10-man leagues, third round in 12-man leagues. It's hard because he's a rookie, and he does have Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack didn't go anywhere. Had 1,000 yards last year, eight touchdowns. Um, they say this is going to be a one-two punch, 1A, 1B, where then Wright came out and said, uh, like, 1A, 1A. It's going to be – it's not one – it's not A and B. It's just A and A. It's going to be a 50-50 split. I think Jonathan Taylor will take over um, – the full work, or not the mo- the majority of the workload, I should say, not the full workload. But I think Mac will be the day one starter just because team chemistry and with the COVID thing, who knows when they'll get back to practicing and building that chemistry. But Jonathan Taylor, four, week four, five, six, he's going to start cutting into that role even more. And by the time fantasy playoffs come around, he's going to be the lead guy there. Naeem Hines, he'll take a lot of the passing work out of the backfield. I think Mac will have extended passing work role out of the backfield as being the number two guy. Jonathan Taylor, there's questions if he could catch the ball. He had last year at Wisconsin, he proved just enough that he could be a pass catching back. 
but he's not Austin Eckler. He's not any of those guys that are that's going to garner 100-plus targets, 65-plus catches. Jonathan Taylor isn't that. He's a guy that can run between the tackles hard, and he's going to do exactly what Frank Reich wants to do, run first offense. And as far as I'm concerned, get the ball out of Rivers' hands as much as possible. He had 20 interceptions last year, and it, that scares the shit out of me. He just likes to throw it up, and I don't like that approach out of him. So if they can continue running the ball, I'm going to be very happy. Yeah, I mean, you're pretty much spot on as far as the running back rotation goes. What that tells me is that it's going to be a series basis. You're going to have Marlon Mack first series, Jonathan Taylor second series, and then you have to throw Naeem Hines in there on third downs. If it's third and five or longer, if it's two-minute drill, Hines is probably going to be in there. I mean, that seems to be the way, uh, way Frank Reich really wants to be able to go. Um, yeah, so I pretty much agree with everything you're saying there. Michael Pittman, as far as his rookie fantasy value goes, it's going to be how much he gets in the end zone. We're talking about a guy who's probably not going to get more than seven to 800 yards tops, most likely. Uh, it's going to be, does he get five touchdowns or does he get eight touchdowns? I mean, that's kind of what's going to boil down to, but he's a guy that I think if you're looking at it from a redraft perspective, because dynasty perspective is totally different. You, you have this guy, he's, he's good for the future. If you're looking at this from a redraft perspective, uh, he's somebody I don't think you need to draft. He's somebody I think you're going to be able to pick up who might be a quality waiver wire pickup at some point during the season. T.Y. Hilton is going to eat. Now, he's been banged up a little bit the past couple of years. We'll see if he's able to stay healthy this season. I like that they're going in with the idea that they're going to let him play the slot a little bit more. Like you said, let him play the Keenan Allen role a little bit more. I think Keenan Allen can take a hit better than T.Y. Hilton can, but I think T.Y. Hilton's a hell of a lot more explosive. So those two things can kind of balance each other out there as well and help getting those bigger plays by being able to hit T.Y. Hilton in, in stride a little bit more. The only guy I really don't expect much out of is, is Parrish Campbell. Um, and then Jack Doyle, I expect a good amount out of him. I think you're right. Jack Doyle will be the starter. I think Trey Burton's going to be a little bit more involved uh, than, than you might tend to think, but it's not going to be the extent that we're looking at him from a fantasy football perspective. The biggest thing to me is is the running back position, like you said, because Philip Rivers is, is maybe quarterback 15, quarterback 16 at best at the end of the day uh, in his own right. Uh, Taylor will probably take over by the end of the season, but it's going to take a Marlon Mack injury. Marlon Mack will be getting that first series probably week one after that. So I agree with pretty much everything you said, Houston. Dan, real quick, how do you feel about Nehemiah Hines? I'm really high on him. Do you think he takes like an Austin Eckler type role where you could probably pass on Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor? I don't think it's going to be to that extent um, just because he's not going to get enough carries the way Austin Eckler got carries because he only had Melvin Gordon there to contend with. I don't know how many carries it's really going to be in line for him. I have him probably at 10, 15% of the team carries at of the running back carries at top at tops, I should say. Um, so I don't think it's going to be that big. And Taylor can catch a little bit. Even Marlon Mack can catch a little bit. They don't use him that way, but Taylor can catch a little bit. So I don't think he's going to get 100 targets either, like Houston was saying. It, it's it's more likely somewhere around 70. I would say if you want to set an over-under on it, it's probably going to be around 70 targets for him. So is he going to have value in PPR leagues as a flex play in some weeks? Yeah, sure. But outside of that, I don't think he's quite on that Austin Eckler level. He had 58 targets, 44 catches last season. Just to right. help you support your case there a little bit. Right. I mean, I do have to add in there with Rivers. We were talking about his value and how it's, you know, maybe the 15-16 range as far as QBs go. Keep in mind, this is a guy that since 2008 has only missed the 4,000-yard mark once. Right, His arm has dropped. Like, his, his arm strength isn't there. But depending on the type of offense that Frank Reich decides to throw at him, if it's a pretty, you know, West Coast offense, short passes, that arm strength might not be as big of an issue. 
you're not going to have any of those real deep balls that he's just kind of trying to chuck it up and he's getting picked off because he's underthrowing guys by five, 10 yards. So depending on that scheme that they decide to run with him, you could see some success from him. I think that his ceiling's a little higher than some people think, but the floor could be pretty low as well with the, the number of interceptions that can be thrown. He'll be a streaming option. Yeah, world, He'll be a streaming option. In, in and certain it, you know, there's options that if you can get him very late, it could be a steal, somebody to stick on your bench and, and not rely on, um, but just kind of a sleeper that as the season starts up and you see what happens, could have some value. Now, if, in, if Rivers was to just do nickel and dime, nickel and dime, five, ten yards down the field, his value would increase tremendously for me. I think Michael Pittman's obviously he's not as big, is not as strong as Mike Williams, but Michael Williams, Mike Williams was I like him. He's a good wide receiver, but the way he plays really hurt Rivers in overall NFL playing. Uh, his NFL play went down, as I'm trying to say. His fantasy play went down. He just wanted to chuck the ball down the field. Here, Mike Williams, go catch this. And if he's throwing four interceptions, of course that's going to take away his fantasy points. It's going to hurt their overall chances of winning. But if he's going nickel and dime down the field, kind of like we see out of Tom Brady, I, is he would rise a little bit for me. I just uh, It's going to be hard to see if he does that. If he does that, I'm going to be impressed, I'll tell you that. There's a chance that he does because Michael Pittman and Mike Williams, the difference between them is that Mike Williams is more of a big play guy. Michael Pittman is more of a, a possession guy. So you're going to have that fit there. It's going to be more of how often does he want to try to throw it to deep to T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell. That That's going to be more of the question than anything. But I do think there's a chance that he does kind of nickel and dime. I think Frank Reich is set up to do that. Who's next? Yeah, I mean, the Colts did run 60% out of 11 personnel last year in the when Phillip Rivers was with the – Chargers, they ran out of 11 personnel, 74 to, 74%. So he's in a position where he is suited. Uh, up next, though, is Zach. But before we get to Zach, Zach, wouldn't you say that if you had a hamstring injury or something like that like, was outlying, it's more – it's you have a better chance of it creeping up again and being an issue? Yeah. Are we back so, on the David Johnson? Awesome. And then also, haven't y'all seen a lot of people where they're like got one leg? That's we spent a half bit? hour on the Texans. Shut Not the up. Texans anymore. Not the Texans <laughs> anymore, Dan. You can shut up for a second. So, if you got one leg that's shorter than the other leg, what kind of issues are you going to have in life? Probably your back, right? And I yeah. was very incorrect in the I, labeling, but I labeled them that. But from 2015 until 2018, Melvin Gordon has had ankle, knee, PCL, ACL, hip, groin, hamstring, everything on the one side leading up to his back where he does have a back issue from uh, – Where was the back issue? Injury. Where was the back issue? When when did he miss time to the back issue? You named everything but the back, Chris. You named everything but the back. We were talking about the back. That's all. I I didn't say Melvin Gordon wasn't injury prone. That's not what I said. I said he never had a back issue. So where was the back? Can the leg issues attribute to a back injury? Yeah, but he's never missed time due to a back Did David injury. Johnson miss half, almost half the season because of a back issue, or was it because of PCL? So Which one was it? So you wear a neck roll because you have a issue with your neck? I wear a neck roll because I want right, to. Zach, the Titans. <laughs> so you wear, a back, you wear a back flat because you want to get hit in your back? Zeke wears a back flap too. Does this no, back because they have back issues. Uh, does they Zeke, got does issues Zeke have back issues? Does that? Zeke have back issues? Because he wears one too. Who? Zeke. 
Yeah, and he's got issues. And his back? That could lead to his back. Oh, my God. Zach, please take over. So the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I'll make this I'll, – well, I'll try to make this short. We took a lot of time in the Texans. But uh, <laughs> we talked about a couple of these guys already when we did our top tens. Um, first off, draft-wise, not much fantasy implications for the uh, Titans. I, they went running back – Third, third or four, third round, and then quarterback seventh round. But um, those positions are pretty sure up for the time being. And Tennessee, everything else was defense or uh, offensive line. Uh, so now we've got the team that was in the AFC Championship last year. Can they go back? Um, it's we talked about it. So we'll start at running back, and we talked about this because Derrick Henry was in our top ten. It's about can he be the rushing champion uh, again? I think. And I know I didn't say much when Chris brought up the Texans, but I think that the Titans have the ability. I think the Texans, for example, are going to be playing from behind more often than the Titans will be in their games. So it's going to it's going to lead to a lot more rushing attempts um, for the Titans. Whereas I don't I don't agree with Chris about David Johnson, but um, Derrick Henry is going to have opportunities. I mean, Mike Frabel is a head coach. You would only assume that as he continues to be the head coach for the Tennessee Titans, their defense is going to become more sound especially fundamentally, I would think. Uh, it's going to keep them in games for longer. It's going to allow them to run the ball deep into the game, which Derrick Henry showed last year he loves to do. I think he just gets stronger as the game goes on, especially if they're leaning on his shoulders late in the game. Um, I don't have any sort of worries about Henry being a top 10 running back. I I think that he's could possibly be top five, um, and I think there's – a possibility he's maybe top three it depends it really depends on how how much they're willing to run the ball in Tennessee um passing the ball Tannehill they got the deal done so I think correct me if I'm wrong guys but they got the deal done so they're going to franchise tag Derrick Henry is that the plan for Tennessee yep so Tannehill I think he showed a lot last year he can throw the ball when he needs to throw the ball I mean he's is he an elite quarterback no but if he needs to make a play Tannehill was like I saw there was one instance where I think it's just variable outsmarting other teams and he gets this from you know he played obviously we talk about the Belichick tree and he wasn't a coach under Belichick I don't think but he at least played under him um he's very smart I think so he's gonna draw plays I don't know if he's calling plays but he's gonna draw plays I think that allow Tannehill to fool the defense because Tannehill's not gonna be a number one look for defenses it's gonna be Derrick Henry it's gonna be you know quick routes to AJ Brown or to uh, Corey Davis, which I think, so here I'll segue into wide receivers quarterback wise. I think Tannehill, I don't think, you know, he's going to be, he was a, my guy for you, Dan, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he snuck onto our, my guys list. Uh, I think he, he can make plays when he needs to, but obviously they're not going to lean on him. Wide receiver wise. It seems like Corey Davis has kind of gone to the wayside. AJ Brown seems to be the look for the Titans now. Uh, but again, I don't – maybe you guys could talk about more about where A.J. Brown goes in redraft uh, leagues. I don't uh, – I just don't have enough faith in Tennessee passing the ball enough uh, to know where that's going to be. I think they're going to lean more heavily on the run. But um, I definitely think A.J. Brown's going to be it over Corey Davis. I'm just not a fan of any Tennessee pass catchers. I thought that's you were going to say Tennessee pass catchers. But... <laughs> Say what, Dan? It, it, I said I thought you were going to say Titans. That's what I thought. That's what I thought you were going to say. Oh, hate them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Zach, Zach. I mean, look, with AJ Brown, 
they're not going to throw the ball a ton. So the consistency could be a little bit questionable because the passing attack is not going to be their, their focal point. But as long as you're throwing it to A.J. Brown a hell of a lot more and they're throwing it to everybody else, that's all that's going to matter. And I think that's what we're going to see. Uh, especially what we saw in the second half last year, especially because he is interchangeable everywhere in the line of scrimmage. So, yeah, A.J. Brown is still going to be a guy that is going to be a high-end wide receiver, too, this year. Uh, he's still going to be somebody you can get third, fourth round, and that would be you know square on the head as far as value goes. But you're dead on the money is overall what they're going to do. Derrick Henry being a top-10 quarterback, Ryan Tannehill being a guy who can you can have late. He was he, Like you said, he was one of my guys. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's questions there as far as consistency goes in the passing game. Uh, the, big, the one that I stray away from is Janu Smith. People want to talk about Janu Smith a lot, their tight end position. By default, some targets have to go to him. He is going to be the lead tight end. But is it going to be consistent enough for him to really be in the top 12? I, I do think that's a big question mark. I mean, let's be yeah, honest. I was, I was, go ahead, sir. Go ahead, no, 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 go ahead, sir. I was just going to say, I think Tannehill is... Uh, an above average game manager. And I think that's kind of a bad way to put it, but he's not going to make the mistakes that are going to cost you games. He's not throwing a ton of interceptions. He's not putting the ball in risky situations, but he's not going to have explosive plays either. And that's, what's going to limit that passing offense. He's not putting it way downfield. Like he's not making these Patrick Mahomes types, you know, plays, but he's going to make those 10, 15 yard passes pretty consistently as well as be able to get outside the pocket, scramble a little bit when needed. But I think that Zach, you nailed it on the head. It's that the running game is going to be, you know, the breadwinner in Tennessee, but I think it could set up the passing game well for a guy like A.J. Brown to get some big targets. Well, when you run the ball 40, 40 plus times a game, it's the focal point of your offense. Tannehill, yes, is a game manager, but he's a wide receiver converted to quarterback. Uh, from Texas A&M, one of the greatest schools in the, in the land. And he's a smart guy, so yeah, he's a game manager. He's going to win you some games just because he's not going to make those dumb plays. Uh, let's finish it off, Tom, though. Let's talk well, about the Jags. Real quick, Tom, before you go, I just want to give everybody a shout-out. Our One of our new sponsors, Prop Me. Yay! Uh, yeah, they're a new innovative gaming platform, really the first of their kind. Prop Me makes betting from person to person more easy than ever. They're designed for new and experienced gamblers alike using straightforward prop bets that can literally be created on anything. You want to bet on what that next play is going to be? Go ahead and create a prop. You want to bet on who's going to win that game of beer pong? Me? Go ahead and create a prop. So just go ahead check them out on the app, Prop Me app, or go to PropMeLLC.com today. Go ahead and join them. It's a lot of fun. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Home. They say it's where the heart is. They also say it's wherever you make it. They don't say it's where you unload your stuff, get tired halfway through unpacking, use some boxes as furniture, realize your oven mitt's in a box that doubles as a nightstand, don't want to buy a new nightstand, and use a towel as an oven mitt instead. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on renters and car insurance. Easier than grabbing a piping hot pan with a towel that's a bit too thin and trying to quickly get it to the counter. Ooh, hot, 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 hot. Go ahead, Tom. All right. So the Jaguars. Um, I think a lot of people think Jacksonville is kind of a dumpster fire this year. 
I think they could be sneaky good and have a chance at fighting for a wild card possibly. Um, I mean, obviously offense, the biggest addition for them this year is Jay Gruden, right? New offensive coordinator. You know, we'll see how that impacts the team. You have some decent playmakers, though, that have potential. It's a pretty young offense. Um, you know, big thing with him, it's a West Coast offense, a lot of play action. You see quite a few 12-man, um, or excuse me, uh, you know, 12 personnel, you know, two tight ends on the field. Um, you know, they did bring in Tyler Eifert, who a little bit older. He's had some injuries up in Cincinnati. Did play his rookie year 2013 with Jay Gruden up there. Was pretty successful, uh, you know, when healthy. And then you do have, um, you know, the young tight end in um, Josh Oliver. You know, good potential athletic guy. The two of them on the field could do pretty well. Receivers interesting. Uh, you know, you have DJ Chark. He had really good experience or, uh, chemistry last year with um, Gardner Minshew. The two of them were connecting pretty well. Um, aside from him, I think LaVisca Chanel, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, I think he'll probably end up being kind of the number two guy on that team by the end of the year. Uh, you know, you have D.D. Westbrook, um, Chris Conley. They're okay. D.D. Westbrook definitely a little bit better than Conley in my opinion, but um, they're not great. But, you know, if you could see Char Chanel build some chemistry with Gardner Minshew this year, it could get interesting. Uh, Minshew, on the other hand, you know, in a West Coast offense, I think that that's kind of a place that he can succeed. Uh, you know, he's pretty accurate, uh, you know, downfield, you know, that 15-yard or so range. He's able to check down when needed to a guy like uh, Leonard Fournette, obviously, or you bring in Chris Thompson, who again played with Jay Gruden previously. Uh, that is a guy that did have back problems, Chris. If we want to talk about back problems, okay. they are. He did miss games due to it. Um, two stints actually. Um, but you know, one other thing that people didn't think about, do you guys know who was second in the league in scrambling yards last year? Gardner Mitchell. Second only to Lamar Jackson. I'm sorry. Was that rhetorical? I, I felt like it was. It was. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty good. The Jaguars, obviously it's going to be Gardner Minshew. The Minstash himself. Check out our website. Uh, we have Gardner Minshew shirts on sale, right? Shameless plug. We also have uh, Derek Henry King shirts for sale. Most of this division we have shirts for. Um, we should have an O. Henry shirt. We have a King Henry shirt. Why don't we have an O. Henry shirt? That would, that would make a lot of sense. Probably should. Uh, but yeah, I think that you know that West Coast offense could fit Minshew pretty well. He could grow well with Gruden. Um, Gruden also has success with young quarterbacks. His first couple, or excuse me, um, Andy Dalton's first three seasons in Cincinnati, where he did pretty well, were with Jay Gruden. So interesting to see what happens there. Um, I think their defense is better than a lot of people think. They're off, or excuse me, their defensive line pretty solid uh, on the edges. Um, you have Josh Allen, uh, Yannick Nagakwe, as long as he doesn't get traded, um, and of course you brought in. Uh, Kevon Chris, Chris, Cheerson, whatever his name is, you know, I don't know how to pronounce that crap. Um, but you have some, you have some good edge rushers, uh, young cornerbacks, decent linebackers, Miles Jack, and they brought in Joe Schobert. So you might not be playing from behind as often as people think, um, and it could put them in a really good situation uh, to compete at least. They had Telvin Smith as linebacker, but his uh, life fell off a cliff. Yeah, that guy's pretty messed up. Uh, I was trying not I keep, to bring that up. I'm, yeah, I, sorry. I, I had to bring it up. That story really confuses me. Just the NFL 
and you, when you, Tom, you really dive into like the overall NFL landscape of things, but I just don't understand the psychology behind you're a good NFL linebacker and that's how you want to spend your life and do that kind of things. Fantasy wise though, a couple guys I like DD Westbrook. He goes as a wide receiver 70 right now, last two seasons, seeing over a hundred targets each, um, get getting a guy as that's going as a wide receiver 70 that's seen more than 100 targets yeah it really depends on what he's going to do with those 100 targets um but yeah you don't get guys like that in that late of uh ADP there that are going to see that type of work um and this might be a long shot here but I kind of like Chris Thompson as a flyer has some uh chemistry with Gruden Minshew's not scared to chuck it down dump it down to his running backs um yeah, if Lenny gets traded, Rock Armstead, he'll be probably the next guy in line. But I can see Thompson getting some work if he stays healthy. Yeah, I mean, we talked about Thompson a little bit last week. No, if I, if I remember correctly. Because- yeah, guy, I had Fournette on the My Guys, and it's really going to come down to what the split looks like for that. And yeah. A big part of that is, is he going to be able to stay healthy? Well, yeah. I mean, that's a big look. When they are. What? Or get in a fight with somebody? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I couldn't hear what you were saying. Yeah. I don't want to fight, but. Uh... <laughs> um, no, yeah, because right, right now, what the percentage I have is that if Thompson's healthy, I expect it to go 70% of the receiving work for the backfield to go to Chris Thompson and leaving Fournette with 30% of that. We talked about Fournette, you know, being able to get the amount of touchdowns they should be able to. If he gets. 280 carries, it should equate to about eight touchdowns minimum. That's, you know, and he's a bigger back. Things could definitely go the other way than what it was last year, where instead of having a down year, he could have an up year, and I could usually get the double digits uh, on the own right. So we like Leonard Fournette there. Thompson, I think, is a good sleeper to have in mind. The one question is Didi, because Jay Gruden, I mean, his history going back to Cincinnati, he doesn't usually feature more than one guy. And I think that one guy is going to be DJ Chark. And I, I question if DD is really going to get 100 targets this season. It's going to be built more on run first, play action second. And that's it's not going to be as shotgun oriented as it was last year under DeFlippio. So that's why I think it's going to be a little bit questionable. I like DD Westbrook's talent. I think DD Westbrook's going to be great the second he gets the hell out of Jacksonville. And, but as long as he's there, that's just, it's just going to be an issue. And, and that's so I like DJ Chark. I like Leonard Fournette. I like Thompson in PPR leagues, and maybe Mincho is a streamer here and there. But outside of that, I, I'm probably staying away from Jacksonville as much as I possibly can. Dan, I have to ask, you know, you're talking about D.D. Westbrook. Who do you think is going to be, again, we talked about they might not use a wide receiver too as often, but do you think it'll be D.J. or excuse me, uh, D.D. Westbrook or LaVisca Chenault? It'll be Westbrook this season. Chanel has a long way to go on his route running for him to really be a starter of that cal or have that significant of a role where he could actually be the number two as far as targets go. Um, it's going to take him probably a couple years, to be honest. But by default, it could be next season because they very well could move on from DD. Uh, but yeah, as far as this year goes, redraft goes, it's definitely going to be DD Westbrook getting the second most target to DJ Chark uh, this season. Chris, want to lead us to the next segment? <laughs> Our regular leader. <laughs> yeah, you and Houston want to talk about the draft guide real quick? And sure, then I'll let everyone that. know what's going on. Yeah, so if you've been a steady listener to our uh, show here, we're uh, creating a draft guide for your redraft leagues. 
lots of different things. IDP, we addressed that last week. Uh, individual de- defensive player, we're going to have those rankings. Top uh, Our top quarterbacks, you know, top 250 rankings. Uh, Dan's putting together, together his own projections. I believe we're going to, us five, will have some sort of um, our rankings, you know, see how we do at the end of the year. We're going to have sleepers, uh, deep sleepers, bus candidates, anything, lots of things that you're going to hear on here, but you're going to get an extensive look over on our draft guide. Um, yeah, just be on the lookout for that. One thing I want to touch on is get over to bellyupfantasysports.com. Right now, we have a couple good writers. We just brought in a guy, Ryan Hicks. He's been going ceilings and floors team by team, giving what he believes the ceiling of each team is, the floor of each team is. A lot kind of like what we, what we did today with our AFC South. Um, he dresses each and every position, two, three deep at each position, which is it's going to be good. It's good read. Nate Herman over there going through defenses. Uh, you know, defense is a really big thing. Uh, usually don't see the top defense repeat year after year, so Nate Herman's going to go go through those defenses. I think he just had a Bills one. But, yeah, as much as you're listening here, go over to bellyupfantasysports.com, start reading some of that content, and that's what it's going to be like with the draft guide. Just a lot of information, a lot of good things that are going to help you win your fantasy championship. So be on the lookout for the draft guide and do some reading. Before we tell everybody where they can follow all of us at, uh, Ryan Hicks is a great writer. Mu Gamma Kappa Sig AEKDD. Good job, Ryan, on all your work. Uh, coming up, though, this will be the last time you see us five together. Uh, we've been great. We're like the Power Rangers, the Planeteers, if you would. Uh, but we're going to grow and we're going to do something bigger coming up towards this whole football season, hopefully in the fall. But for our summer special, we're going to have some big names with us and we're going to talk it to them. Uh, about what's going on in the fantasy landscape, uh, obviously what they're good at, what they do for the fantasy community, uh, but some big names that we're going to have. Uh, in two weeks, we're going to have Mike Clay from ESPN, the Brainiac. Uh, I'm going to sit down one-on-one with him, and we're going to go over his Clay projections. We're going to do a little Q&A with him for y'all. Uh, thanks for following us. He was a supporter of us, uh, really liked what we were doing, um, and I shot my shot, and he said he liked it. So we're going to go with that. We've got some guys from ESPN, CBS coming on. Uh, Will Brineson, uh, um, Bobby Sylvester from Fantasy Pros, Greg Sussman from the Fantasy Best Friends Show. I mean, those guys, I mean, I don't know about you, but growing up in the fantasy community, I idolized these guys. So when I got to talk to these guys, I was absolutely gobsmacking starstruck with these guys. Uh, And also, we're going to have some good names in coming talk about their own personal sports. Next week, we're going to kick it off with Lindell Whirling uh, from Fantasy Girl or from Fangirl Sports out of Pittsburgh. She's so going to talk some Pittsburgh Steelers with us. Uh, we've got Gab G, who is an influencer in the fantasy community. She's always talking good about Baker Mayfield and her Cleveland Browns. And from the entertainment aspect, uh, I got in touch with Texas AM Cliff Hogg, celebrity or big brother celebrity from 21. Uh, he's going to sit down and talk with me about some fantasy football. Uh, go Aggies. SDK 147. Thanks and gig them. Is that 10? Is that 10 SEC references? I think I it's think 10. Probably more. I could have went more with the Leonard Fournette thing. Didn't dive yeah, into that. Because I, well, I was asking 10 because Tom said 10. So I, th- I think Tom might have won. I think Tom got it. 
Let's go. Let me, let me oh, replay this. We'll we'll go with that. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, you can find me. I actually just changed. Um, I signed oh, my yeah. podcast oh, over to Belly that. Up. And uh, as a result, I actually have a little bit of a different username now. It's now Belly Up MDFF Show. Nothing really much changed for the listeners, for the viewers. Player update news notifications are all there. We're still available on all your favorite apps, still streaming on Twitter, Facebook, Sportscaster, and YouTube all at the same time. Just had a great episode came out today with uh, Dave Zangaro and Greg Allman and Kevin Bowen and Andy Vasquez, guys who covered the Eagles, the Jets, uh, the Colts, and the Buccaneers. So that was all great. And uh, yeah, so we're happy. We're officially under the Belly Up umbrella uh, as one of the original products. So we're, we're really happy about that and what that's going to mean moving forward. So make sure you follow me on Facebook and Twitter at Belly Up MDFF Show. You can follow me, Belly Up Tom, on Twitter. Uh, you know, clearly the data shows I got the hot takes on this show. I got the ones that are really out there, but, you know, come tell us about it. Let us know what your thoughts are on it. We'll see what we got. Yeah, go over to Twitter. You can find me at Belly Up Houston. Uh, I'm going to start a little bit being more interactive over there. Uh, either probably going to aim for Saturdays. I'm going to do a little bit of live stream on the Belly Up Fantasy Sports Twitter. I believe that's Belly Up Fantasy, correct, Dan? Just Belly Up Fantasy? Yeah. yeah so go over to Belly Up Fantasy Twitter um, Saturday afternoons. I'm going to run through a couple mock drafts, give you my takes, just one-on-one, uh, answer questions you have. Just discuss, have a conversation. You know, it's really fun. Tried it out last week, and I'll be on uh, every Saturday. So just be uh, on the lookout for that. Belly of Houston, Belly of Fantasy. Uh, and as Chris mentioned at the beginning of the show, you can find me uh, at Puck Puck Pass. We go live on Wednesdays for Belly of Sports Talk. And uh, really, I'm going to plug hockey here for a second because they are voting. I don't know if you guys saw me checking my phone from time to time during the show, but they are literally voting today, the NHLPA, on whether or not they're going to install the 2014 playoff uh, to finish out this year. So um, head over to Puck Puck Pass. We'll, guys, we'll keep you guys updated on that. Uh, the vote should be coming out today or tomorrow. Um, if we can get playoff hockey, if it's the first sport back on TV, it could do huge things for hockey. We're going to cover it all over Puck Puck Pass. My personal is at it, Zach Mack. Check it out. For everyone who's viewing us, make sure you follow Belly Up Sports uh, for our own take on what's going on in the sports world. Make sure you follow Belly Up Football for what's current with Tom, myself, Dan, Houston, and Zach. And then also Belly Up Fantasy for our own take on what's going on in the fantasy landscape. We've got some great writers. Um if you think you can write or if you've got your own input to your own empirical data, uh, please join us at bellyupsports.com and join the crew. Uh, we're always looking for new talent. Uh, I love hearing new people's takes on things uh, just because I'm such a homer, uh, as everyone knows. And yeah, everyone, yes, you <laughs> are. Everyone can attest to you. Um, if it's an SEC guy versus anybody else, if it's an AM guy versus anybody else, I mean, Chris Godwin wasn't even in my top 10. Uh, Mike, Mike Evans was number four for me. So I'm a homer. I need, new, I need other guys telling me what's going on. But if you want to get stats and ships, like Greg Sussman says, follow us because we're going to help you all with everything else. And then you can always follow me on my personal handle. Uh, I haven't crossed over yet to the belly up thing, uh, but I will shortly. Uh, right now I'm representing all my fraternity brothers, uh, keep it square, A-E-K-D-B. You can follow me at 
at Aggie Kappa Sig. Um, I'm going to help you all out. If you all want to come on board, let me know. And we're going to move forward and we're going to make this thing happen. Uh, thank you for following us. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for your comments. Uh, we'll have to play some beer pong soon, I'm assuming, because they don't want to see what Pinto can do at the table. I've got some trophies is all I'm saying, along with some empirical data. You know what I'm saying? I've got empirical data. I've got trophies. I don't know if anyone else has trophies, but I've got trophies with my name on it. Uh, so we can take it to the table, the black court, whatever you want to do. Participation trophies are great. But, uh, balance it, whatever you want to do, I'm going to handle it, you know. So thank you guys for watching us. AEKDB, keep it square. This was Belly Up Fantasy Live. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Belly Up Fantasy Live. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Switching and saving with GEICO is easy, so you're free to ponder life's big questions. Like, is the word dictionary in the dictionary? If so, it probably says something like dictionary, noun. A dictionary is the word you are reading now and the pages they were printed on. Basically, this thing you are looking at right now that you're holding, reading words from, it's a dictionary. As in, hey, look at me. I'm holding a dictionary in my hands as I read the definition of dictionary. Yeah, it's probably something like that. Switch and save with GEICO. It's easier than you think.